So this is a share for Shavuos. Uh, next week, we obviously won't have the chance to do that. Um, so what we will be focusing on in relation to the Menezes, his comments in relation to the Aserzadibris and Pashas Yisrael, the Menezes there is is massive, is very, very large. We didn't have a chance to do it when we did Pashas Yisrael. I'm going to take at least one piece of it tonight, which gives us an insight into the Ibn Ezra, an insight into how he understood that Sarah's a Dibris, an insight into understanding how he understood Chazal, and perhaps we, if we have a chance to focus on, um, in my opinion, why the question that he's really bothered by never seems to really start. So let's start at the beginning. The Ibn Ezra, again in Pasha's Yisra, says the following. He says that there are a tremendous amount of questions if you look at the Aserah Dibris and compare the Aserah Dibris in Parshas Yisrael with the Aserah Dibris that we have in Parshas Ve'ezchana, as we know, two times it says Aserah Dibris, but says the Ibn Ezra, there's a lot of problems, there's a lot of difficulties, there's a lot of complexity in, if we compare these Parshas. Why is that? Because the Amurabim Kiyashnaim Hadivarim Levadim Amurashan. There are those that say, that the first two dibrites, the first two commandments, is what Hashem said. And after that, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke. And their proof is that it says, Anoichi Hashem Kappa, right? which is talking about in the first person, God is saying, I am Hashem, your God. Anoichi Hashem Kappa. That sounds like God is the one doing the talking. And then later on, it says, Ki Anoichi Hashem Kappa. Kel Kana. And it says, because God is a jealous God. It's talking about God in the third person, which would sound like God is not talking anymore. So the rabbi said, famous idea, that the Jewish people, they stood on Mount Sinai. It was so awesome. It was so tremendous of a moment that they really couldn't stand it. And so they said, Moshe, you do the talking and not Hashem. So they only heard the first two dibras from Hashem. And after that, they heard everything else from Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says, if you go through the Sarah's dibras, if you look at them, you'll see it says, by the third Dibra, it says it's the Shem Kafa. Gam es Asha Lashav. Right? These are all third person referring to Hashem. If it's referring to Hashem in the third person, then obviously Hashem is not the one talking. That is the understanding that many people have um, about how that Sarah Dibra's work. And Moshe Rabbeinu ended up saying the second, the third through the eighth, and only the first two were said by Hashem. And if you keep on going, it says, I came Baruch Hashem, and by the fifth board it says, Hashem Alekecha, Nesim Lach, etc., etc. These are all the proofs to explain this point. V'yesh Lisho, and you could ask, says the Ibn Ezra, Eich Yisaper Dibor Anoichi Baseres HaDevarim. How is it possible to include Anoichi Hashem Alekecha in that Saras HaDevarim as a mitzvah, as one of the commandments? The famous question that many people ask, Anoichi is not a mitzvah. Saying I am your God is not telling you a mitzvah. It's just telling you. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it, but it's not a command. It's not saying don't covet or don't kill. It's not saying keep the Sabbath. It's just saying I'm God. It's an information bit. It's not a command. How can it be How can it be counted? Continues the Ibn Ezra says, There are many, many even harder questions than this one. In other words, the, the rabbi suggests that the first two divas are said by, by Hashem and the rest are said by Moshe, and, and their proof is from the change in the first person to the third person. He says, fine. 
All right, we can accept that. But there are many, many difficulties with this. And the many difficulties are, number one, at the end of the day, Anachi doesn't seem like a command. Number two, much more difficult, says the Ibn Ezra. He says, if you look at the Aserah Sedibris, if you compare word for word in the Aserah Sedibris until the word Lashav, it's exactly the same, both in Yisroi and in Vazchanan. But after you go through that word, there's a plethora of differences. Each Dibur is different. Almost each Dibur is different. Different words, different orders. Says the Ibn Ezra, he says, we see that from the beginning of Vanechi, where it talks about the Aseris Adibris, it's all identical. It's all the same until you get to the word Lashav. And after that, it is changed and is fundamentally different. It says, go through the words and you will see. And he gives many, many examples. There's a plethora of differences. Right? One difference is, of course, in the first Aseris Adibris, it says Zachar. And the second one, it says Shamar. In the second one, it adds on Kashat Sif Hashem It doesn't say that in the first one. In the first one, it says Behemtacha Vishnia. It says Shoyrcha Vachamarcha. And he says Vihiksha Mikolela. He says, I can ask you even more. Kibrishena Kasov Tam Shabbos. In the first of the Sarah Sadibris in Yisrael, it talks about the reason for Shabbos. And what's the reason? God made the world in six days. And therefore, it says, However, these psukim are not in the second rendition. And this doesn't appear at all. We have a different reason. Just you being a servant in Egypt, what does that have to do with anything? As in other words, therefore Hashem commanded you to keep the Shabbos. The first one talks about the Shabbos, keeping the to live long. But in, but, but in the second one, it also says, it adds in that. It also adds in again, in that Hashem has commanded you. In the first one, it says Leisertzach, right? Then it says Leisinov, then it says Leisignav, and then it says Leisana. Right? In the second one, it says Leisertzach, and then it says Leisinov, Leisignav, and then what is the next one? Veloisana, right? But we share the cost of eight shekel, we share this eight shav. One time it says shekel, one time it says shav. But we share the cost of Leisachmai Beisriyacha. One it says Leisachmid Beis Riyacha, and another time it says Leisachmid Eishes Riyacha. Right? Again, is it Beis Riyacha or Eishes Riyacha? One it says Leisus Abba Beis Riyacha. Right? In the in by Veskana, or Yishayna Inksiv Sodeu, Yishayna Siv Sodeu. In the first one it doesn't say Sodeu, but in the second there it says Sodeu. Or Yishayna it says Abde Vamosi Veshare Vachamayre. Right? It says first the servants, and then it says the animals. In the second one, it says that the animals come before the servants. In the first one, it says Hashem spoke all of these words. And then the second one, it turns it around and says, these are the words that Hashem spoke to the, to the congregation.
So the Ibn Ezra just enumerated many of the obvious differences. If you look between Yisra and Veskana and the Sarasa Dibris, until you get that the first half is the same, and then after that, it's very, very different. So if we're saying that Hashem spoke the first two Dibris, okay, let's put that on the side for the men, and the proof is the fact that Hashem speaks in the first person and the third person, okay. But he says, I don't understand. There's so many differences between the first and the second Dibris. More than that, he says. If you try to figure out from what Chazal say about what's going on here, you see that they say that Zachar and Shamar were said together. What does that mean? This is even worse. This is even more difficult than anything else I've said. They say that Zachar and Shamar were said together, so they don't understand what that means. The Chalila. He says, God forbid, don't say the rabbis didn't know what they were talking about. Obviously, they were far greater than us. And people in our generation think that when it says, said together, it means that they were literally said together. And that's what people in, in his generation, in the medieval era of the Ibn Ezra, think. They take the Achazal literally, and that's not correct. That's not true. And that's how it will explain in the end, after I explain all the different questions that I have. It says, It's impossible to say that Zohar and Shammu were said together without saying that it was a very miraculous event. If you want to say that they were set together, why not say Zohar and Shammar in the first and Yisrael and say Zohar and Shammar again in Vaskana? Why do you have to say it differently? Why do you have to say one place Zohar, one place Shammar? If they were set at the same time, say both of them together. And then he continues and he says, Why didn't Chazal mention if Zohar and Shammar were set together? If they were said by Bas Achas, like Zohar and Shomer, then why didn't why didn't uh, Chazal mention all the other Psukim? Right? Were they all set together? Like the Aseris and Dibris, in all the differences, was it all set together? If it was all set together, then Chazal should have mentioned it, and they didn't. It's, he says it's a, it's a mind-boggling thing that how you, somebody could say two things at the same time. It's impossible to, to know this in a, in a natural way, right? It's, it's, a, it's a fundamentally impossible thing. So therefore, what he wants to say is, um, how could it be that these were all set together if it was just Zohar and Shem, why not just say it? If it was the whole Aserah Sedibus, then why not Chazal um, mention that? The Aserah Sedibus said together all the differences, and Chazal should have mentioned it. They didn't. And he says, continuing on, he says, why is it? How is it if Hashem is the one um, talking? If he wasn't the one talking, okay. But if he, but if he's not the one talking, then why is Moshe Rabbeinu saying as Hashem has commanded you? Why is the what is the the Sarah's difference in Veschana referencing what Hashem said? When did Hashem say it? If this was all said at the same time. When mean when Hashem has commanded you? When has Hashem commanded you? He's just talking to you now for the first time at the So how is there Kasher Tzim Hashem And he continues. And he says, if you look, you see more differences. 
says in the first Debrish, it doesn't say Lamani Tavlach, but in the second one, it did say that by the by the Kibbutz Aim. And and uh, in, in the first one, it said, um, uh, but with a vav, without a vav, by like by Again, the difference in the order. We said Avdei Vamasay Shavu Kamara Shavu Kamara Avdei Vamasay. Says all the orders change. The mind cannot accept all of these questions that that they all happened at the same exact time and they're all that they were all said together at the same exact second. Doesn't make sense. And he says even greater. Question everything I've said until now. All of the miracles that we find in in in, in the Exodus, all the miracles that we find in Moshe Rabbeinu did, we can understand that in sort of our imagination. We can see how it unfolds in using natural means as a way to convey the miraculous. But over here, he says, if really Zohar Shem were said as one, that is such a miraculous thing to be able to say this, two things at one time that the Torah should have conveyed over what kind of a miracle happened. It's even greater than any of the miracles that we have. And if you want to say that, okay, it wasn't a normal kind of a speech. It wasn't like human speech. It was just God speaking. So then, then how did anybody understand what Hashem was saying? Somebody's going to hear two things happening at the same time with exact decibel, exact pitch, exact intonation. They won't be able to make a distinction. They won't be able to hear two different things at once. <coughs> so, he says, and here he gives us a little bit of uh, scientific knowledge that he had. He says, we know that the eye sees faster than the ear hears. In other words, the speed of light is faster than the speed of sound. In his words, we have proofs of this. It's very clear, right? When lightning happens and thunder, right? You see the lightning before you hear the thunder. Lightning is seen much faster than hearing with the thunder. So he says, um, it is very clear that the, the sound travels a lot slower. And therefore, I'm not sure what the therefore is in terms of the, the words, but linguistically it says you can't make it up. You can't hear what was going on if it was exact same pitch, exact same intonation. So if you say it's very miraculous what was going on, then how did the Jews understand it? If they did understand that, <coughs> then that's an incredibly miraculous thing. And the Torah should mention the miracle. Remember, the famous machlekes between the Ramban and the Ibn Ezra in relation to Parshas Vayigash. When over there, um, the, the, the question was, how did you get to the count of 70? And the Ramban says it's uh, Rashi says right it was Yochavid who was born Ben Achaimus and the Ibn says that can't be because if that were true then she would be far older than Sarah when she had a baby and and that should be a miracle the Torah should say and the Ramban says the Torah is not a Guinness World Book of Records it doesn't mention miracles but the Ibn Ezra feels when you have a big miracle you mention it if it was really true says the Ibn Ezra that Zohar and Shamo were mentioned at the same time and and it was understood by the Jewish people. Then both of those are massive miracles. The Torah should have mentioned it, and the Torah does not. Therefore, the way that even as includes this the, this part of the piece is the idea say the That would have really been quiet. Not for the fact that I have to really explain this. I really would not have said anything. That's part one. Part two, the Ibn Ezra now says like this. He says very beautifully, he says that. Listen, the, the, you have to understand that a word is two bits. A word has 
the, sort of like a body and a soul. The word has the meaning that it's conveying, that's a soul. And then the body of it is just the letters, right? The letters of the word, that's the body. Says the Ibn Ezra, somebody who's truly wise, very smart person, it doesn't make a difference to them about the body. So long as the soul is right, so long as the meaning is conveyed correctly, the body, the, the goof, the words can be different. They don't have to be identical. Says the, the, the Ibn Ezra, you find many, many, many times in Tanakh situations where person A says one thing and person B says something back and they're not the same. But they're not that they're fundamentally different. They're being responsive to each other. It's not like they're talking apples to oranges. They're talking apples to apples, even though they're using different words. He uses that as an example. The Kodesh Baruch said to Kayan, Hashem said to Kayan when he killed Hevel, he says, Or Atamino Adam, right? You're cursed, right, from the ground that you come from. You're going to wander in the ground. You're going to wander on the land. And Kayan says back to Kodesh Baruch You've sent me away. From the face of the earth. But where did it say that? Where did it say that he's divorced you, he sent you away from the face of the earth? Didn't use those words, but that was the impetus. You're going to be a wanderer. It sounds like you're being divorced, you're being sent away. This, says the Ibn Ezra, is what you have to understand many times when you see distinctions of repetition. It's not that it's fundamentally different. Substantively, it's the same. It's just that the words being used are different. Because the people involved in the talking are wise. And when they are wise, people don't care as much about the about the form as much as they care about the substance. They don't care much, much about the body as they do about the soul. They don't care much about the word as they do about the meaning. And so long as you're getting the meaning, so long as you're getting the soul, so long as you're getting the substance, the form, the body, the word is secondary. This is going to be the Ibn Ezra's fundamentally aside as to how he answers this question that he's bothered by, which is, if Shammar, Zachar, and Shammar were with Nemu, how can it be that not only that the Torah doesn't mention the miracle, not only that it's miraculous to say it or to hear it, but if it referred to all of the Dibras, if it refers to the whole thing that they were both said, because remember, Maimon Arsinai happens only one time. So Paris Vezchanan is a repetition of Maimon Arsinai. So what did Hashem actually say in Maimon Arsina? Did he say what he said in Yisrael? Or did he say what it said in Vanskana? And then when you go through the first half, it may be the same, but after that, there's so many differences. So which one was actually said? Says the Menezra, these are my fundamental questions. If you want to say Shammar Zakar said at one time, so you say it about everything, well, then how do you end up with so many different words? And how, if it's miraculous, like such an incredible miracle, how does it not mention in the Torah itself? These are some of the questions the Ibn Ezra had. Says the Ibn Ezra, if you look, when the Torah says, for example, um, uh, but when the servant comes to get the drink from Rivka, right? Servant of Avram, he says that, right? Ashkinina or Agminina, right? When he repeats over the family, he says, Ashkinina, my Mikadach, but he's Agminina. What's the difference between the two? And there's no difference. It's the same thing. Both means to pour water. If you look at the difference, he says, in Maishu Rabbeinu's prayers after the Chero Ega, in Parshish Kisisa and his prayers, that are mentioned in Devarim, it's the same thing. Even though it's said very different words, it's the same prayers. Now, you might think, uh, and he says the same is true by Paro's dreams, or Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. You look at the dreams, the rendition is different than the dreams that we mentioned. 
it's the same. The reason, the soul, the substance, that's all the same. It's just the body, the goof, the, the, the form is what's being changed. There's no difference if the Torah says tzcheles for argaman or argaman or tzcheles. Right? Sometimes the Torah says one first and the other first. There's no difference if it adds a vav or takes away a vav. These are all meaningless differences, distinctions without a difference. And then he has a line. He says that in this generation, he says in this generation, he says, in the generation that we live, <laughs> they're seeking reasons, deep, meaningful reasons for every dot and tittle, for every mole and chaser. Remember, Igmar already told us the Menachas Rabbi Akiva was darshaning every little crown on the words because he found every single thing to be very, very meaningful. But says the Ibn Ezra, this is not appropriate to be going on and on about things that are the same fundamentally and trying to mine deep meaning is not the right approach. So for the Ibn Ezra, the fact is that what we are now going to see is an answer to a question that he was bothered by. How could it be that we say Shamar Zohar are written as one? Maimar Sinai happens one time. It didn't happen in Vezchan and in Yisra. It happened one time. And that one time... That moment was repeated in Yisrael, what, explaining what happened, and also said it over in Vazgaran. It only happened once. So if it only happened once, and it's a faithful rendition to what happened, then how could it be that it is said over differently? On this says the Ibn Ezra the following. Says the Ibn Ezra, the Aseris had Dibris, as listed in Parshas Yisrael, Hashem said it himself. In its entirety. In other words, the fact that Chazal say that he only said over the first two Dibras, that for the Ibn Ezra is not the literal Pshat. The Pshat, as Hashem said, all that Sarah said Dibras. <laughs> ah, you're going to ask, if Hashem says all that Sarah said Dibras, then why is it that it speaks in the first person and in the third person? It says that's the way Hebrew works. Sometimes people speak in the first person, and sometimes they speak about themselves in the third person. After he introduces himself, after Hashem says, this is hello, this is me, I'm your God, I took you out of Egypt, etc. Then he proceeds to speak about himself in the third person, and the Ibn Ezra gives many examples of that. And then he says like this. He says, remember, Zohar and Shamar, what Chazal said when they say that it was B'dibur Echad Nemru, that it was, said at one time, echad nemru. what does it mean was said at one time? Says the Ibn Ezra, Parshas Yisroi is Moshe Rabbeinu's copying down of what happened, what Hashem said. That's exactly word for word what Hashem said at Mount Sinai. But Parshas Ve'eschanan is Ela Divrei Moshe. In Parshas Ve'eschanan, whatever it means, and it's not for now to get into, it's part of a larger question because the Ibn Ezra uses the term El Dibri Moshe many times, and I, I can't get into that tangent right now as to what he means. That is a separate class that I intend to do. But for the Ibn Ezra, Parashas Devarm is not simply Moshe Rabbeinu's writing down of exactly what happened in Maimon Arsinai based upon, as it were, God's words to him, what God actually said. It is, as it were, Moshe Rabbeinu's recapitulation with God's ascent of what happened. So when Moshe Rabbeinu was recapitulating with God's ascent in Parshas Vazchan and what happened at Maimon Sinai, 
So then there will be differences. But these are differences without distinction. That is, these are differences in form. These are differences in body. These are differences in in the external. They're not differences in the time. They're not differences in the soul. They're not differences in the substance. The substance is identical. Says the Ibn Ezra that if you look, for example, when Yitzvah asks Esau to get him food, it says, But when Rivka says it over, he says, she says to Yaakov that Yitzvah said that, so I should be able to bless you with Hashem. What do you mean with Hashem? Is she, is she disagreeing with something that Yitzvah said? Yitzvah never mentioned Hashem. No, but she understood what Yitzvah is saying. My soul should bless you. I'm a prophetic person. What I'm going to say, what I'm going to, say to you is going to have prophetic implications. So that's why she understood. That's what the impetus was. That's the drive to make sure that Yaakov goes and uh, takes the brachas himself because of the fact that he is a Navi. That when his soul speaks, it has prophetic implication. That's part of the Tom. Even though it wasn't the exact words that Yitzchak used, this Tom is not any different. The substance is the same. This is the this is the uh, the word of the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra continues, and he says that. Sajigon said that Zachar and Shama were written on two different sides of the Luchais. Says the Ibn Ezra, that's not true. The Luchais just had what it says in Parshas Yisroi. Parshas Ve'eschanan's rendition, recapitulation of the Aseris Debris is El Divrei Moshe with Hashem's ascent. These are the words of Moshe, not as it were what Hashem actually said at Sinai. And if that's the case, then you can explain all the differences and why it's constantly saying, That's what Hashem commanded you. What do you mean Hashem commanded you? If it just happened that I've seen Hashem never commanded you before. No, Hashem did command you because He commanded you as He wrote down in Parshish Yisrael. This is Meshach Ben's recapitulation. So now He's referencing back when Hashem commanded you. It's not the exact words that Hashem used at Harsinai. And this, of course, can answer all of the questions as to why we add in certain things, why we change certain things. Says the Ibn Ezra, very cute. Um, says the Ibn Ezra, if you look at the end of the, um, at the end of the, uh, of the Saras Dibris, so the Pasuk says, Ma'ashem Omar right? <laughs> the Pasuk says, that Hashem says, you shouldn't covet the house of your friend. And why does it say that you shouldn't covet the house of your friend first before the wife, before everything else, before the possessions. Because normative people first learn how to make a parnasa. They first learn how to make a living. And after they know that, then Yisaisha, then they're going to get married. And then after that, they're going to acquire possessions. Right? And so therefore, the the the, the way you might potentially have it is first the house, because that's where you're going after first. However, Moshe Rabbeinu was responding to a different need. You know, young guys, right? They are first attracted to a woman, so they first go get married. And only after that, they start thinking about their parnasa, and they have to figure out a house. And then they get, a, you know, coveting somebody's house. And then after that, they they, they they figure, oh, I'm married, I have a house, I have to figure out how to populate that house, I have to have possessions, I have to have a business. So people do things the wrong way. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu says it over a bit differently, but not substantively. Substantively, it's the same. Says the Ibn Ezra, the words of Eschanan are Moshe Rabbeinu's words and not Hashem's. And therefore, um, that's why we say that two times. 
says the Ibn Ezra, Maishu Rabbeinu doesn't have to repeat, for example, in the mitzvah of Shabbos, all the reasons of the six days of creation in Parshas Vatzchanan, and that's why he just says, Kasha Siv Hashem as Hashem has commanded you, because that's sufficient to make that point. And the Ibn Ezra goes on, and he says, in the, God didn't explain in the first Dibris why the servants have to rest. So Maishu Rabbeinu explained it in the second. And Kahina Vachahina, all of the questions that one would have in the Saras Dibris of the distinctions for the Ibn Ezra, the answer is, Zohar Vishama Bidibar Echad Nemru means not literally. Hashem only said Zohar. Shomer is Maishu Rabbeinu's rendition, recapitulation. But when the Jews heard Zohar, they heard Shomer by definition. And all of the distinctions that one is going to see in the second Dibris and the first Dibris, one needs to remember the first Dibris is what was actually said at Mount Sinai. And Maishu wrote down faithfully what was said at Har Sinai. And in Parshavah Eschanan, Maishu Rabbeinu was writing his takeaway from what was happening in Ma'amad Asina, obviously HaKadosh Baruch was sensed to that, but the idea is that there could be distinctions in emphasis, there could be distinctions in certain word usage, but it's not literally that Hashem said the same words at the same time. That miracle never happened, and that's why it's never mentioned, not from the Hashem's perspective and not from the Jewish people's perspective. This is how the Ibn Ezra explains the fundamental question, which is if we have two sets of Saras Hadibris, which one went actually on the Luchas? Which one actually happened? How did Chazal understand when they said Zohar V'sham What does that even mean? So we have the Sajigon approach, which is, no, they're like two sides of the Luchas, had everything written down, all the distinctions. But then you have the Ibn Ezra's approach, which is, don't take Chazal literally, even though the B'nai Dar really do want to take these things literally. No, don't take it literally. Understand that everything that says in Yisrael is exactly what happened in Ma'amun Sinai. Everything that happened in Vezchan is measure of rendition of what happened, every capitulation of what happened in Sinai. But it's not fundamentally different. It's not substantively different. The soul is the same, even if the body is different. The words may be different, but the meanings are the same. The forms may be different, right? But the matter, the substance is identical. That is the position of the Ibn Ezra. Now, as I said, I want to say, like, from my perspective, the whole Kasha of Ibn Ezra never got started. And the reason is as follows. I'll just spend a minute on this. There's a Mishnah Rosh Hashanah. The Mishnah Rosh Hashanah tells us like this. When you are blowing Shaifa Rosh Hashanah, you, you have to blow with Chatzaytras, but you the trumpets. But the trumpets blow short and the Shaifa blows long. And the reason that the Shaifa blows short and the trumpets, I'm sorry, the reason that the trumpets blow short and the Shaifa blows long is because Mrs. Hayam is B'Shaifa. On a tainus, it would be the opposite. You would have the chatzeres blowing long because the mitzvah sayim is bechatzeres. If you look in Paris about Leis, the Torah says at different times you blow b'sheif and you blow chatzeres. Says the Gemara. The Gemara says you have these two chatzeres standing on the side of the guy who's about to kill and blowing the shayfer. How could you understand? How could you discern? How could you hear? The different sounds, if 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 they're sort of all happening at the same time, again, to me it's simple. So you go to a wedding, you hear different sounds uh, of the band. They can you can hear it at the same time, but assuming it's the sort of the same decibel, you can't really discern what's going on. You can't really discern the distinction. So the Gemara says you can't hear two different You don't really hear two sounds if they're sort of at a similar decibel. You won't hear anything if they're standing next to each other. You won't hear anything. You won't hear the difference. You'll hear a challenge. You'll hear a mishmash. 
ואותני סס דימור זוכר ושום ודיבר איפה נאמרו מה שאין הפה יכול לדם ואין האוזן יכול לשמוע and the, the proof to this is זוכר ושום are said together what well, the ear can't hear and the eye can't the, the ear can't hear and the mouth can't speak right which in effect is almost saying that no one can really understand what Hashem is saying in other words this could be I'm just saying it by saying that Hashem spoke only the first two differs and after that you know Moshe Rabbeinu speaks is in a way of saying if Hashem said everything sort of uh, no one's going to understand it anyways right it's just noise it's just mishmash you don't really get it so the Gemara is asking as a proof to how you could have the Chatzaitzers being blown with the Shafer that you can't hear what's going on you can't make a distinction the same way if Zohar and Shem are set together you can't make any distinctions about what was said because the mouth and cannot speak such a thing and the ear cannot hear such a distinction no, no it's, it will be totally miraculous to be able to do that so the Gemara says that's why by Shafer you have to actually blow it longer than the Chatzaitzer so that you do hear some sound of the Shafer alone this is the famous source that Zohar and Shem there is another Gemara, and this Gemara is in Shavuos. The Gemara here in Shavuos is discussing something else. The topic is in relation to swearing. When somebody swears falsely about something that's going to happen in the future, is that the same as when somebody swears falsely about something that happened or didn't happen in the past? Obviously, something that happened is going to happen in the future, presumably, is more fundamentally an oath, right? What happened that didn't happen already in the past is already in the past. So what are you swearing about? It's just a waste of time. But that's what the Gemara discusses. And the Gemara ends up saying... The Gemara ends up saying the following. The Gemara says that um, that uh, again the same idea that that um, you cannot make distinctions between Zohar and Shomer if they were said together it would be impossible to understand and the Gemara says the same is true by the two words that it has for oaths. Also in our, in our um, uh, Sarah Sedibers, right, we have the words shove and sheker, right? The word shove is in vain, right? That's what happens in the past. And sheker will be something that happens in the future. And the Gemara has a whole discussion of that, if that's the right way to read it or not. I don't want to get into that now. But the Gemara says about shove and sheker that they're echadheim, that they also happen at the same time. And I now want to go to Yerushalmi. There's Yerushalmi in the Dharm. That doesn't just say that Zohar and Shammah were said at once, and not just that Shav and Shekhar were said at once. It says the Yerushalmi, When the Torah says if Shabbos, and that the, you have to bring the carbon tumid, including on Shabbos, which was obviously Mikhail Nisa, they were said at the same time. What does it mean, Does it mean they were said at the same time? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that they are both being said. There are contradictions, but nevertheless, one is, um, both are true. One is true on a normal person, a regular Shabbos, if you violate it, you die. And the other is true in the Mesa Mikdash, you have to bring the carbon tamid. And it's from Daicha Shabbos. And the Gemara continues. The Gemara says, like, for example, it says that Yavama is a mitzvah of Yibo. And it also says that it's a erva, erva she'eshish lechich, le'es Right, you're not allowed to marry your brother's wife, Right. So you you have a mitzvah yibum and you're not allowed to marry brother's wife. It's an erva. They're both true at different times, right? And the Gemara continues. Uh, you can't move one nachla from one sheva to another. It also says a daughter can can uh, inherit. Again, same thing happened at the same time. 
It says on one hand, you're not allowed to wear shatnas. On the other hand, it says you have to wear tzitzis, which is by definition shatnas if you're begging, right? Uh, if your tzitzis are made out of wool, right? And and uh, your, your, what do you call it? Your, your begging is made out of, um, uh, you know, linen. You have, by definition, shatnas. So, um, and, and it similarly says that, uh, this is what it means when it says, that Hashem said one thing, and I heard two. The words of Hashem are like a hammer-shattering rock. That is, Hashem says one thing, I hear two. Hashem says one thing, and it splinters out into tons and tons of different meanings. Says the says the Gemara, by many things. Every contradiction is b'dibur echanem. What does it mean? And I think, and this is the answer to the Ibn Ezra's question, why it doesn't really start. Yes, maybe some people mistakenly understand but it's not what Chazal is trying to say. What Chazal is trying to say when they say is what the Gemara says in the Yerushalmi Nidar, what the Gemara is saying in Shavuos. That is, means that Hashem, when He speaks, speaks in a manner that a plethora of meaning can be coming out of that. So it's never meant to be taken literally, and that's why Chazal used it in many different places. The Ibn Ezra spending his time trying to understand how to make it make sense is in large part because of the fact that in his day and age, there were many people who did take it literally, and therefore he spends a long time trying to unpack that and show why it was not meant to be taken literally. Now, understanding of Chazal, though, I don't think it was ever meant to be taken literally. Chazal understood how to talk in a more poetic form, and they understood that Hashem's words contain many contradictions on their face. They're not really contradictions. They have different applicability at different times, different places, different people. And so therefore, they use the they use the term, but it was never meant from the eyes and the perspective of Chazal as to be understood in a literal way. So the Ibn Ezra spend all the time trying to explain it, because in his day and age, that's how it was understood. But I think we've shown that from the words of Chazal, Chazal, that was never how it was understood, and that was therefore never a question. And of course, what we see in Parshas Yisrael is the rendition of Aserah Sedibris as it happened. What we see in Parshas Vestana, as even as we pointed out, is what Meishu Rabbeinu wrote down and what Hashem assented to as the takeaways of Aserah Sedibris. Have a good Shabbos, and we will not meet next week, so have a good Yantif. We will have an all-night uh, Shuas lecture, and the topic will be Dina the Machus of Dina. We start at 12, and we end with Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos. Shkuch, Shabbos.